Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Beware. It's a curious word. It's not simply don't practice your righteousness or stop practicing your righteousness, not even repent of practicing your righteousness before others in order in order to be seen. But beware. You type that word into the the Google search line and it will auto-complete first to beware the Ides of March and then beware of the dog. I think Jesus' use of beware is of the beware of the dog type. I remember as a kid, somewhat vividly, I'm not sure why, it must have made an impression on me, my dad coming home from a, a, a sales appointment with his rear pocket all ripped up and his hindquarters spotted with blood because he had been less than vigilant and ignored a beware of the dog sign. <laughs> and he got bitten and then he was held captive on the hood of his car until the homeowner got home to rescue him from Fido. Beware. Be on the lookout. Be vigilant about practicing your righteousness in order to, in order to be seen because if you're not, if you let your guard down for even a moment, you're going to get bitten in the rear, held captive, gobbled up, or worse. I think it works something like this. Jesus knows you really, really well. And he knows that we are desperate for approval and hungry for admiration. That ever since we took our first frightened steps east from Eden, we've been anxious for accolades, thinking they'll somehow fill the void and give us the security lost when we called our father a liar. The problem starts when you get a little taste of approval and admiration, and it feels really good, maybe even comes with a a little endorphin hit and a, a temporary high. A temporary high that, like every temporary high, is temporary and not enough. So you have to go searching for a little more, and soon you're hooked. Hooked on the approval and admiration and the accolades. Not just hooked, but captive. Becomes what you live for. It's pretty easy to get to this in in concrete terms. Uh, Beware of preaching a decent sermon because you want folks to say good sermon. Because if you do, you'll be held captive to their compliments and it won't be very long until you don't even believe what they say. Or beware of raising good kids because you want people to see how good your kids are and tell you what a good job you've done. Again, captive to their compliments And terrified, folks will find out what really goes on in your family. Beware of all the good stuff you do when you do it because it feels good for folks to say, that was good stuff. It can be anything objectively good, righteous in Jesus' words. We'll use anything to fill the hunger 
Jesus highlights things like fasting and and prayer and charity, but it could be anything. Beware of being good at tennis. Beware of getting good grades or being a doting grandparent. Even beware of having good biblical theology if you have it in order for people to say, oh, he is so orthodox. Because pretty soon you'll start thinking you're saved by your theology instead of saved by Jesus. And that never ends well. If it's still not making sense, you might go home and watch the recent documentary a documentary about Taylor Swift. It's called Miss Americana. It's the kind of thing you do when you're sick for a week and have nothing to do but watch Netflix like I was last week. <laughs> you watch documentaries about Taylor Swift. It's about an hour and a half of Swift, who, who like her or not, she is amazingly talented. About an hour and a half of Swift uh, talking about confessing, really, her compulsion to be seen, to be seen as good. Just about all the songs that she's written, and she's written hundreds since before she was even a teenager, just about all of them more or less pep talks to herself that don't quite do it. And then the near debilitating depression that comes with not being seen and not approved by the right people. Now, I know it might be be hard uh, for you to to feel sorry for Taylor Swift, but I ask you to look beyond the glitz and the glitter, and you would see a fair bit of yourself. I know it. Hungry and desperate and anxious and drunk on, hooked on, that which never satisfies. So beware. About a decade ago, I was doing some Research for paper on a, uh, a Soviet Orthodox priest named uh, Alexander Men. He was uh, known in the, the Soviet Union. He's murdered in 1990, uh, but he was known for being a, a vibrant preacher, teacher, and, and evangelist. And I was writing about his sermons, so I read dozens of his sermons, but I don't remember one. I, I remember the one. Uh, the Sunday sermon in which he was talking about the perfect Christian. I'll just paraphrase, but he says something like, uh, today, he's like preaching like, like I am now. Today, he says, we are honored to have with us in church a perfect Christian. One whom we ought all emulate. She depends wholly on the grace of God. She rests fully in him and his word. She doesn't care about the approval of others. She looks not for their accolades one bit. She's not in competition with anyone. The only eyes that matter to her are the eyes of the Father who look on her and say, I love you and will never forget you. She is the perfect Christian. What would have been clear to Father Men's hearers in church that day only gradually became clear to me as I was reading the sermon The perfect Christian who was there that Sunday was a dead Christian. It was the dead Christian whose body was laid out in the sanctuary for a funeral that would take place later that day or in the week. That's just how they they did things at that time, I guess. When someone dies, the body would be laid out in church and just put there 
until the, the funeral would happen and the rest of the business of the church would just go on. We could imagine a, an open coffin kind of shoved in the corner behind the, behind the piano here for a, a funeral, which would happen Thursday or Friday. The perfect Christian, he was saying, was a, a dead Christian, and she was perfect precisely because she was dead. <laughs> Dead and so fully, completely dependent. Dead people don't do anything. Completely dependent on the grace of God to never forget her. A corpse. And so hoping only in, holding only to the word of God that would one day raise her up. No longer capable of practicing her righteousness before the mirror, before anyone else at all. And so free to simply wait to simply wait under the watchful gaze of him who sees even into the grave. The perfect Christian. (laughs) You are not a perfect Christian. None of us are. During this season of Lent, we begin today, we confess and lament that sad reality, perhaps with a greater intensity than other times of the year. Confess that we are broken and sick and hungry for the wrong things and addicted to praise and being seen in addiction like every other that corrodes every aspect of our lives and infects all of our relationships. You are not a perfect Christian. None of us are. But all of us will be. Dust you are and to dust you shall return. Yes, the ashes on our foreheads do mark us as a congregation of future corpses. The ashes point out, given our end, how ridiculous are all those hungers and desperations that drive us and just so maybe uh, begin to sober us up a little bit. But they also cross-shaped ashes, ashes that preach Jesus Christ crucified for you, They also name your future that you will be, in your father's time, a perfect Christian. Dust you are and to dust you shall return is your father's promise that you will rest in him. That you will depend fully and only on the grace of God to never forget you. That you will finally be held in the promise of God to raise you up and simply, silently wait under the watchful gaze of him who sees even into the grave. We have so much for which to repent. More than we know. All of the in order to be seen's we can't seem to help doing and being. God's promise to you tonight is that after everyone else stops watching, he will not. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.